0: Hey there, I'm Derek Fine, IT Director at Darlington. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Beth Wardlaw, Technology Integration Coordinator at Darlington. And today, we'll be talking about ways to manage technology as a family and how Darlington works to teach kids of all ages to be responsible with their devices. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Hey Beth, how are you?
1: Good, thank you for having me here today. I'm really excited to talk about our technology integration program here at Darlington.
0: Um, Well, to get us started, I think it would be good just to kind of let everybody know like what, explain your role here at Darlington.
1: I'm very fortunate to get to work with um, students and teachers from pre-K all the way to 12th grade. So I get to see the students um, at their youngest and watch them develop and grow throughout the years. One of the things I do is work with um, the teachers on making sure they feel comfortable integrating technology in their classrooms and in their lessons every day. Then I work with the students um, as well on digital citizenship. We do projects in the classroom. We learn about programming and coding. Um, We develop projects for the technology competition. We play with robots, we visit the makerspace, and then uh, we teach them safety and how to use their devices in a proper way.
0: So I thought maybe a a good place to start um, was how uh, were the tools that we use here um, at Darlington to protect the students. Uh, I thought we could talk a little bit about um, securely our web filter um, and, and the things that we, and how we leverage that to keep the kids safe on campus and at home and also some of the digital citizenship um, lessons you do with them in the class.
1: Well we do have the Securely filter which we've had for a couple years now and we partner with the counseling department um, on that to keep the students safe and it flags any alerts that we may need to talk with them more about. Um, Our filter is pretty open Um, obviously we have a filter for pre-K through sixth grade that's a little more um, strict, and then seventh grade through twelfth grade is extremely open. But our goal is to partner with the parents um, with these devices. We want this device to, when it goes home with them, to not just be like a separate school device, but for them to use it just like they would their personal device. Because the more that we can see and help them, the more we can work with the parents to make sure that they're making healthy choices. And our goal is not to catch them doing something bad, but to help them learn how to use it responsibly, so that when they're not with us, they'll have the tools that they need to be successful and safe.
0: So I think one of the one of the important things that um, we that we try to do with the filter is I feel like we par- probably are a little bit more liberal with our their settings in, in YouTube and allowing access to that kind of stuff. But I think it probably gives us more teaching moments than some other schools you know might have because they just may just completely block mm-hmm. social media or YouTube. and and other streaming applications just all together.
1: Right and that's what we kind of tell the parents like um, no filter is obviously 100% safe and we don't necessarily want it to be at this point because we want to learn you know what they're doing and what the trends are so that we can work with them and say you're spending a whole lot of time you know watching youtube or um, you know doing this with this app let's work on some management skills on what we can do like to spend that time a little more wisely um, and those kind of things. And the filter does help us do that. It helps us um, see what the trends are, what the kids are interested in, not just for a negative way, but so that we can talk with parents and say, hey, the kids are really um, into this show or talk to the teachers. They're really into this game so that we can find ways to kind of integrate that and be more creative in our lessons in the classroom as well.
0: So tell us a little bit more about what you do with uh, digital citizenship.
1: Well, one of the curriculums that we use for pre-k through fifth grade is the Common Sense Media Digital Citizenship Curriculum and we used to actually start this in third grade but we rolled it back to second grade because the kids were using the devices a lot more and then moved it back to kindergarten and then this year we actually moved it all the way to pre-k to start because we noticed that parents were having a hard time getting their kids off their iPads they didn't want to let go. They didn't, you know, the parents needed help on what, how much screen time is appropriate. And the kids, even in kindergarten, have started playing like Fortnite and multiplayer games at an earlier age. So we kind of had to adjust that curriculum and start at a much younger age, which I love because, you know, there's nothing more fun than being a Smith Smarty for a day. But going into the classrooms and talking about, um, you know, like trusting your gut, um, that feeling that you get in your stomach when you're looking at something that may not be appropriate and how to like feel that and trust it. And then um, we talk about what kind of games and apps we should play, how much information we should share with people, you know, setting up strong passwords, not using our real names on usernames and things like that. And then for sixth through eighth grade, we look at Google Be Internet Awesome and some of the common sense uh, media as well. And they do that in the advisory program so that they have a little smaller circle. We'll do a big group um, discussion once a month and then they'll break off into their advisories and go a little deeper into it. And then in ninth through 12th grade, it's in their advisory program as well. And that's something that we're even adding more of this year as we see the effects of social media and the pressures and. Um, the anxiety around those kind of things so we're looking a lot more at online wellness and adding that into our curriculum this year as well um, one thing that i do for parents is some parent forums um, with covid we had to kind of reduce those last year but we're excited to go ahead and um, we'll be sending out a whole list of forums for the whole year We'll be breaking those up by different age grades and then some all over all. We'll be doing some partnering with counseling departments, talk about social media and anxiety like I talked about. We'll have just Q&As for technology where you can come in and just bring any questions that you may have. Bring in some of your kids devices and I can help them set them up properly for you. And then um, we'll talk more about what our program is here and how we can partner with you as parents um, at home. We're even excited to set up some appy hours we're hoping to do where the students will actually teach parents and grandparents how to use some of these apps um, in a speed dating kind of setup. So that's something that we've been really um, looking forward to setting up.
0: Okay, and so in addition to um, the the filter we use here at school, there are also some um other operating systems for the for like the tablets and the phones like apple ios and android that have a an additional set of some settings that you can use like screen time for ios and google families for android can you talk a little bit about um, ways to leverage those uh, those things on some other devices maybe personal devices that the students may have
1: absolutely i'm a huge huge fan of um, apple screen time and if you have an android or kindle um, your students do they Google Families has Family Link that's the same kind of thing. But um, Apple Screen Time is extremely helpful for parents. Um, If you set up a family sharing account on your Apple ID, which I'm happy to help you with, that can be the most useful way to set up apple screen time because you have one place to set it up for all of your children Um, a lot of people don't know that apple screen time can be used on the macbook as well as the ipad and the iphone and these things that screen time are useful for is seeing um, like how much time you or your child are using on an app um, how many times you pick up your phone or ipad that can be really helpful and say Oh wow, I picked it up 97 times today, that's ridiculous. I need to work on that. Um, It can set downtime and downtime is really helpful if you have um, children and you're like a busy schedule like me and you may be at one kid's ball game but your third grader really needs their iPad turned off at eight o'clock. So you can have the downtime set so it automatically shuts down at eight o'clock and you don't have to worry and rush and get your sitter or your spouse to make sure that that's turned off. Um, So that can be really helpful. You can set app limits, um, so you can set an app limit for YouTube for an hour or you know a certain game for less time than say like Epic where they can read. You can leave that open for longer. So you can set different time limits so you're not having to constantly set timers at home and say, okay, you have 30 minutes on YouTube and then you've got to read. You can set those limits on there. Um, they have communication limits, which I think are very helpful. So say on, you do set a downtime at eight o'clock for all apps, but you still know you may need to talk to your child at home. So you can set the communication settings so that they can still talk to mom or dad even after that screen time goes off. Um, so having the communication limits is very helpful. Um, you can set apps that are always allowed during screen time as well. And then content and privacy, a lot of people don't know that that is now under screen time. It used to be a completely different setting. And that's where you can limit websites um, that you want your child to look at, adult content, multiplayer games, and even like Siri restrictions, and those kind of things. So say you want your kid to have a phone so that you can communicate with them um, for sporting events, or if they're gonna be home for a little bit by them time, but you know they're not ready for all the social media and web and everything that comes along, with a cell phone, you can set it up seriously like a flip phone so they can still feel cool like they have the newest iPhone, but they can only text and call like you can set those restrictions up to be as strict as you want and then like let them slack up as they um, mature and as you become more comfortable.
0: Yeah, those are all great. Um, what are some, I know some, maybe some parents struggle with how to actually manage the device or devices that their students may have at home that they have access to 24 hours a day and how to maybe set some clear expectations on device usage at home. Uh, like, you know, should I take the device at night for, during bedtime and kind of how to manage those things?
1: Um, I think it's very, very important to set clear expectations um, as a family. Um, and so that everyone knows what the rules are. Uh, Times are changing now. So now kids are on their devices more than ever. Parents are on their devices more than ever. So it's really important to kind of set up these rules of what our tech rules are. And even a recent study on Google showed that only one in five parents is comfortable doing this. So I want to empower you and tell you that as a parent, you can set up these rules and expectations. You're not invading your child's privacy. Um, these are really important things that, that we do to help set their habits um, long term. So setting up clear expectations such as we turn all our devices in at night to charge in a certain central location. So you have a charging location set up in your bedroom so that the kids come in at a certain time, plug all their devices in, you know they're charged and ready for school the next day, you know that they're not going to be tempted um, to look at them overnight because they're extremely tempting. If they see that iPad sitting there and they can't go to sleep, it's really, really hard for them not to just grab it and start playing with it. Just like if you have your phone next to you at night and you can't sleep, what do you do? You grab it and start scrolling, right? Um, So setting up those expectations to turn it into charge every night, doing weekly device checks, depending on the ages, even sometimes daily, if they're alone with their device for a while, Not so you can catch them in a mistake, but so that you can better know what they're doing and how they're spending their time. It is crazy how many apps now allow you to talk to strangers. A lot of parents don't know that. Even Pinterest, um, you can share and talk with strangers. There's games on the messaging app, like the little pool games or basketball shooting apps. A lot of people don't know that you can talk to strangers on those, even through texting. So even if they don't have the app downloaded, it's crazy. Um, So making sure that you're checking all of the apps that they have um, and just seeing, you know, talking like if they're playing Roblox a lot, like, well, what do you do on Roblox? Who do you talk to? Um, making sure that chat feature's turned off if they're um, at a younger age so that they're not being exposed to all these strangers. So really looking and seeing what your kid's doing is very important. And um, having those communication times to talk with them. Like, tell me more about this game that you're playing or this app that you're doing. Let's talk about it. And um, coming at it not as like, I can't believe you're playing this game, but like, let's talk about it. Why are, you know, what do you find joy in this game? And opening those lines of communication allows the kids to really show you the things that they're passionate about and help you better understand why they're spending so much time um, playing those games. And then once again, talking to them about, we talk to our students every every day about not talking to strangers online, but you would be amazed that they're like, well, that's not a stranger, that's, you know, Joe. Um, and because they've gotten to know him playing the game, they don't see him as a stranger. But um, making sure they know that unfortunately, the people that you're talking to may not be who they say they are. And the more we can get them to see this and understand it, um, the better equipped that they're going to be.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. Um, I know you wanted to mention, um, I know you're a big proponent of learning apps that we use here at school. Are there any other kind of apps that parents may be able to leverage at home to help their student with safety and, and, and maybe learning too?
1: Yes. So we have many different apps that we download to their school devices programming coding apps that we recommend. Uh, Tinker, we love, Lightbot, Scratch Junior, and then Scratch are great apps that they can not only learn how to write the code, but then they can hook it up to different things like Makey Makeys and see their stuff come to life. So those are some great programming apps. We love the creative apps like Adobe Spark, Canva, iMovie, these Padlet, all these apps where they can go in and create and um, showcase their creativity are really fun too. We're gonna, let, we're gonna link a um, list of some fun apps, like a periodic table, and then some apps that we have um, on all our devices here. As always, if you have any questions and you wanna know more about a certain topic or app, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy um, to go over those with you if your kids keep sending you requests for apps and you're like well i have no idea what this is common sense media is a really great platform to look up different apps even movies tv shows your kids may want to watch and it'll give you a rating on like what they think based on safety what kids think and what other parents think so it's really neat to just see oh well this has this is rated this way because it has smoking or violence Well, that's something my kids and I talk about all the time, so we don't mind them watching it. Uh, Or it's got a lot of bad language in it, which is something you may not feel comfortable with. So go into um, Common Sense Media to look up the apps and movies and TV shows is something I strongly recommend as well.
0: Thank you so much, Beth. Uh, That was a lot of great information. Uh, Thank you for being on today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Check out today's show notes, darlingtonschool.org podcast. If you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org/podcast.